1: What's going on, everybody?
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Ronnie James Dio and Rainbow Long Live Rock and Roll, or as they called it, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, which was kind of silly, but I get it. The reason why uh, marketing executives wanted to do that is because more people knew about Richie. Blackmore than they did Ronnie James Dio. But the reason why we're doing uh, Rainbow and we're gonna be doing Ronnie James Dio throughout the show is it was twelve years ago on the sixteenth of May that Ronnie James Dio passed away of stomach cancer and um he is sorely missed. What a an unbelievable metal artist, uh singer, songwriter, amazing guy. I listen to his stuff all the all the time. I still miss him, and it's it's just I can't believe it's been twelve years uh, that he is gone. So we'll uh, we'll play some solo Dio, some Black Sabbath. Maybe we'll slip in a little Elf there, maybe some Elf in the final segment. His first band, first real rock band that uh, had commercial success. Uh, We got a great show for you tonight. We got a guest that's going to be joining us a little bit later this hour. News and notes, of course, to get to. You can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo. That's G A -T 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 T u lo facebook.com slash agcraftbeercast, email at com, iTunes, Google Podcasts, you just do a search for AG Beercast. we're also on Amazon, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on Odyssey, uh, and of course the Hopped Up Network, head over to the Hopped Up Network, great guys over there at the Hopped Up Network, uh, just head over to the com. you can listen to this show, download it as a podcast, or there is a, a smattering of other shows on there. Some award-winning ones as well uh, that you can listen to uh, at your leisure any time that you want, which is really cool. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Ryan Slater, the Chief Operating Officer from Team Player Productions, is going to join me. The sixth annual Veil Beer Classic taking place next month. We'll discuss that with Ryan along with some other stuff. And how things are going in terms of festivals. was just at a festival uh, last weekend, at a festival this past weekend. Uh, Big successes on both of them. Nice to see people out and about again uh, as the warm weather, uh, as the weather at least warms up uh, in most of the country. But I wanted to get Ryan's take on that as well uh, because they had some issues. Uh, There was an event that they wanted to do, couldn't do it because I believe it was of low ticket sales. But we'll talk to Ryan about all of those things coming up in just under 20 minutes from now. Uh, Beer news to get to Cape May Brewing uh, has announced their latest lager, Longliner. It's already been released, it's distributed. In 12-packs, 12 12-ounce 12 cans. Uh, it is already out in New Jersey. Um, and uh, another brewery coming out with a lager, which is great. Good to see it. The lagers, pilsners, and uh, those types of beers making a comeback, which is uh, pretty awesome. Longliner, a 5% ABV lager brewed with pilsner and lager malt. Bohemian lager yeast. Sapphire and Saz, uh, Saz, Saz hops for a subtle herbal and earthy hop Aroma, the brew crafted to appeal to both casual drinkers and those looking for a refreshing beer to enjoy after a long day of work. So this is basically a lawnmower beer, folks. Longliner, first released in the Cape May Brewery Tasting Room last fall. It's the first time that it'll see distribution across the region. Now, to celebrate the distribution's release of Longliner, Cape May Brewing offering a Nomad Grill giveaway to one lucky winner. The giveaway is live now, runs until July 31st. Customers connected to win at Longliner Point of Sales. Displays of participating retailers. Distribution, as I said, in New Jersey has already begun. It'll be uh, heading out to eastern Pennsylvania. Later this month, Longliner 12-packs will hit Delaware starting in June. CapeMayBrewing.com for more information if you want to check out Longliner. And uh, that's definitely one that if I see it somewhere, I will uh, maybe I will pick up a 12-pack of cans of that. Because I-, I love that. Some of these things are now coming out in 12-ounce cans, beers. Uh, it's Sometimes you just don't want 16 ounces of beer. And I don't want to pour out a uh, beer that I don't drink. I'd rather, you know, not that I want to try and drink the whole thing. but And there are times, listen, I'll be honest, uh, I'm pouring a beer. If it doesn't all fit in the glass, I might not drink the rest of it in the can. I might just let the what I have in the glass drink that, and that's enough for me. So it's nice to see 12-ounce cans trying to make a comeback. Although, then again, with the prices of aluminum these days, Uh, Who knows what's going to happen in terms of the beer industry. And speaking of which, in terms of the beer industry, the Trappist monks of St. Joseph's Abbey in Spencer, uh, Massachusetts, have decided after more than a year of consultation and reflection that brewing is not a viable business. They are therefore stopping production of their beer. That was according to an announcement that the company made on Facebook. So there are now only 10 Trappist beers left worldwide. Five of them are in Belgium, Chimay, Orville, uh, Rochefort, Westmall, and West uh, Westvelterin. Uh, I don't know why I've been. I handle that name all the time. Um, the um, Spencer Brewery was the first and only American uh, Trappist beers. In 2013, Spencer Brewing became the ninth Trappist brewery to get the authentic Trappist pro- product label, supported by the monks of Notre Dame uh, de uh, Scourmont Abbey, where the famous Chimay Trappist beer is brewed. These beers were the first and only american trappist beers three criteria are required for a trappist beer to be labeled authentic part of the proceeds must be donated to social causes the beer must be brewed in a trappist abbey and it must be brewed under the supervision of monks from that order so if you don't do those three things you're not considered a trappist beer uh so there are 10 breweries left with uh, the title of a trappist uh, abbey the five that are not in belgium uh, one is in Netherland. One is in the Netherlands. One is in Austria. One is in England. The other is in Italy. And we, you know, we did. Uh, I remember the three women. I forgot the name of the book. Uh, forgive me. It was a number of years ago. But uh, these women traveled to all of the diff- different um, Trappist breweries to experience what it's like to make a beer uh, from the monks and how they give back to um, the the you know the the places where they live and et cetera, et cetera, and um. You know, it's it's interesting uh, the process that goes behind it and why these three things must be maintained in order for you to be considered a Trappist brewery. There are some that argue that there are other Trappist breweries. There are three other beers that um, can call themselves Trappist but without the title of authentic because they don't meet the required conditions. So there are – I think there is another brewery in the United States that considers themselves or calls themselves Trappist but they're not authentic because of the fact – that they don't meet the required conditions. Now, Saturday, June 18th from 11 to 5 p.m. Actually, before I get to that, and, and this is this is the shame of the economics of it, of it all. I'm going to guess, they didn't go into too much detail at Spencer Brewery, but I'm going to guess because of the fact of COVID that they had to shut down for a considerable amount of time and couldn't get their product out, and that affected their bottom line. So, unfortunately, uh, that's the nature of the business right now, and I think we're starting to see... A little bit of attrition. I don't think we're seeing, we certainly haven't seen the big bubble that everybody thought uh, we were going to see. So it'll be interesting uh, what happens there. Anyway, on Saturday, June 18th, from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., it's the Hop Sauce Festival uh, down on Long Beach Island. It's at Veterans Memorial Park, 198 Engleside Avenue in Beach Haven. Uh, this is a big event where you pay one price, you get to drink craft beer, and you can taste all these hot sauces all day long. It's in its seventh year. Uh, It's a craft beer and hot sauce festival set to the soundtrack of an eclectic mix of original live artists. It's become a favorite of traditional LBI summertime families and a new generation's appreciation for great food, drink, music, and art. Uh, This is all done by the Jetty Rock Foundation. They partner with Beach Haven Spice It Up, and each year Hop Sauces raises funds for Jetty's nonprofit arm, uh, it is a locally based coastal lifestyle apparel brand and certified B Corporation with a legacy of involvement in the Long Beach Island region. The mission of the Jetty Rock Foundation is to protect our oceans and waterways and support those who build their lives around them. Tickets are on sale now, jettyrockfoundation.org. They run from 55 bucks for beer only, 20 bucks for just the hot sauce tastings with the beer, obviously the $55 for the beer, you get to taste the hop sauces, 20 bucks just for the hop sauce tastings or there's a VIP At $125, which gives you upgraded access, side stage, all that kind of good stuff. So if you're interested in doing this, jettyrockfoundation.org, You go on the website there, you can purchase tickets uh, there for Long Beach Island in June. And then finally, the last weekend of May marks the arrival of a first-of-its-kind craft beverage collective for San Diego County. It's named for the collaborative spirit at its core. CoLab Public House is a concept combining brewing, winemaking, and culinary components under one roof. It's located in Vista, just off of State Route 78. The two story indoor outdoor space has been highly anticipated, most notably by local craft beer enthusiasts. They're going to hold a three day grand opening uh, starting Friday, June 10th to Sunday, June 12th. Uh, It's a 12,500 square foot area. 4,500 square feet of it is a tasting room space supplemented by an 800 square foot patio. It's equipped with brewing equipment, fermentation tanks, cold storage, and space for barrel aging, all of which are shared by a trio of brewery tenants that includes a longtime San Diego County operation, a brand-new brewing company, and a standout beer interest from Orange County. Um, they're going to share. Their ta- it'll be a, a shared grand-scale tasting room. There'll be wines, <clears throat> excuse me, wines produced on site and food from an in-house kitchen. So it's something for everybody. This is really cool. So Barrel and Stave Brewing are going to be there. This new brewing arm for a family of beer-centric SoCal bars headed by Chris Banker, a well-known, highly decorated home brewer, hailing from North County. Breakwater Brewing. This will be a second brewing location within the county for this award-winning business. They've operated a coastal brew pub in Oceanside for the past 15 years, although I didn't taste that. I'm going to have to taste them when I'm out there. Laguna Beach Beer Company. Uh, this is uh, an Orange County-based brewery. This is uh, seven years old. They're going to expand in the San Diego County. Propaganda Wine Company. They'll have wine there and babies, Badass Burgers. It's the first brick-and-mortar for this popular mobile food vendor with celebrity ties and Los Angeles roots. So this is really cool. So they're going to have all these things in there. It'll uh, The grand opening, 3 to 10 p.m. Friday, June 10th, noon uh, to 10 p.m. on Saturday, June 11th, and noon to 9 p.m. on Sunday, June 12th. Colab Public House located at 2129 Industrial Court in Vista, California. I'll be out there in November. That is a place I will definitely look to go to because I want to see uh, how the operation is run, and it uh, sounds like a really cool concept. It would be great if they could do something like that in New Jersey. And speaking of New Jersey, when we come back, after a short break, lawmakers in New Jersey are hearing competitive, competing visions for liquor license reform. That's right, New Jersey and liquor license reform. Could it happen? We'll get the details coming up next on the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Welcome back to the Al Cotullo Cast on AM 970. The answer is we continue our little retrospective of Ronnie James Dio, uh, who passed away almost 10 years ago um, this past week. And so many different things. I know, you know, um, that was wishing well from uh, Black Sabbath's Heaven and Hell, which was Dio's debut uh, as a member of Black Sabbath. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't remember that on the 17th of May, uh 5 years ago uh Chris Cornell uh Soundgarden, his own solo stuff audio slave etc uh passed away you know what we'll do something on him on next week's program we'll do a whole bunch of stuff uh from Chris Cornell because I don't want to give him short shrift here and I want to uh you know respect uh Ronnie James Dio which I had mentioned that we were going to play different songs from different uh Dio eras during the program, and it's uh, it's just amazed. 10 years that he's gone from uh, stomach cancer. just uh, unbelievable. Now, listen, coming up in 10 minutes, Ryan Slater, he's the chief operating officer from Team Player Productions. He'll join me. The sixth annual Vale Beer Classic taking place next month. We'll discuss that with Ryan along with some other stuff. That'll be taking place in just about 10 minutes from now. The Port Authority Office of the Inspector General uh, last week confirmed that an investigation found customers were charged between $23 and $27.00. For seasonal beer at LaGuardia Airport last summer. Now, the Aviation Department's new compliance and measures, enforcement measures excuse me, will routinely monitor prices to ensure that they are aligned with the regional marketplace. The revised policy covers all authority airports, including Newark Liberty, caps all concession prices at local off-airport street prices, plus a maximum surcharge of 10%. It requires concessionaires to offer lower-priced food and beverage options to provide a wider range of... Of value for customers. Look, I never understood having a couple of drinks uh, before you fly. Alcohol is always bad, either before you fly or while you're flying, because it dries you out. So I try to avoid it when I get on a plane. Um, I'll drink a lot of water to stay hydrated, um, because you just you feel better. Believe me. Um, My advice is probably don't have a drink before you get on a plane. But in that same token. To be charging, and I remember this story from last year, to charge twenty-five or twenty-seven dollars for a Samuel Adams Summerell that you can get a six-pack of it for eight bucks somewhere is just ridiculous. Do you really need to need to have a beer that badly? Now, having said that, yes, I do believe that they should offer cheaper offerings. If you're supposed to be you know, uh, aligning your prices with the places in the area, there is no place except for the Prudential Center that would charge you that kind of money for a beer. And then on top of that, a 10% surcharge on top of that. You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. So, folks, if I were you, uh, it's a great idea. And there are some local brews at the airports. But if I were you, avoid the alcohol when you're flying. Uh, Not a smart idea. But, yes, water should be cheaper. Sandwiches should be cheaper if you got to grab something to eat. It's absolutely ridiculous that the airports charge that much money uh, for things. I just don't understand that. I mentioned this on last week's program, but I want to bring it up again. The good folks from Coastal Brew Works, uh, John and Matt, uh, they are launching at the end of May. They're going to have two beers that will be out. Uh, they're doing some tap takeovers at a number of places. They'll be at the Cloverleaf Tavern on Tuesday, May 24th. They're also going to be uh, airing their uh, lager guys uh, at the, uh, the Cloverleaf. They're going to do it that night there. There'll be a Paragon Tap and Table on Wednesday, May 25th. fifth. will be at the Ale House in South Amboy on Thursday, May 26th. And then they will be at Maloney's on Friday, May 27th. I'm I'm gonna, I'm definitely making the Paragon one. I'm going to try to make the Maloney's one as well because it's a Friday. I love Maloney's. I love their beers on tap. They've got over 50, 100 taps or whatever it is. And the food is pretty good, too. So I might take a ride over to the other one. I have to check that out as well. An owner of Santa Rosa Wine Company adding a new drink to the mix, Chris Jackson of Jackson Family Wines and his wife, Ariel, Announced uh, they've bought Golden State Cider. uh, Jolie, uh, Jolie Devoto and Hunter Wade sold the Helzberg Cider Company. This is in California. After starting it a decade ago, terms of the deal not released. The cidery will fall under a new company, Sonoma Craft, along with Seismic Brewing Company, which the Jackson started Back in 2015, the new company will employ about 80 people. So if you're in the Sonoma region, go check that out. And a special edition of Bush Light Beer with green cans and a John Deere tractor on the back will be uh, sold to help raise money for family farmers. Bush will donate a dollar for every case of the beer to the organization Farm Rescue. Quad Cities-based John Deere will match the donation. The John Deere special edition Bush Beer uh, is on sale now through July 3rd, of course, I'm not a Bush beer fan, but hey, if you want to support uh, the folks from Bush Light and support farmers as well, uh, that's a pretty cool deal. Again, a dollar from every case of the beer will go to the organization Farm Rescue. And then finally, Treehouse Brewing, they've announced they're going to be offering green IPA for $15.20, a four-pack now this from their Twitter account, years of hard work and building relationships with our friends down under have resulted in an endless stream of delicious galaxy-based beers. Our focused efforts to scale and maintain exceptional quality have enabled us to offer a one-of-a-kind heavily hopped beer like green regularly and at a great value. And I was looking at some of Treehouse's prices. Their prices are actually very reasonable for a, a, a brewery that is you know, huge in Massachusetts and does not distribute outside of their brewery. You can only get it at Treehouse. Now, I know they have some locations, Cape Cod and other places. Uh, but I found I find it interesting um, that they don't distribute anywhere else. You have to go to the brewery to get their beers. And yet they're able to offer a, tea, a four-pack of green, which is a very good IPA, by the way, for $15.20 a four-pack. That's pretty cool. I must make the journey up there one of these days. It, you know, it's about three and a half hours from my house. But i got to take a Saturday, get up early in the morning, and just take a ride up there. Um Maybe just go on a little road trip with the wife, and uh, for that, and go check that out. Maybe we'll do some lunch in Massachusetts or something. I don't know, but I have to get the treehouse. I've I've certainly drunk enough of their beers to um, to make a trip to what I call the mecca uh, of beer uh, on the east, at least in the in the uh, New England region. Anyway, uh, moving along, uh, here's a story I want to talk about about liquor license reform in New Jersey. So. Supporters want change to change uh, the laws first adopted at the end of Prohibition. Now, this story comes from the New Jersey Monitor, and competing groups pushed assembly lawmakers to expand the availability of liquor licenses or keep reforms to a minimum as legislators began the state's latest push to loosen New Jersey's liquor laws. This is something that Governor Murphy has expressed an interest in doing in changing the liquor laws. And let's face it, these laws have been on the books since Prohibition. They've not made many changes. Um, Advocates for liquor stores, convenience stores, grocers, and distilleries alternatively urge members of the Assembly's Oversight and Reform Committee to keep alcohol sales to retailers, expand them to new venues, and broaden the availability or affordability of licenses, all while maintaining value for existing license holders. That's the biggest argument here. Um, uh, And this is from Michael DiLoreto, who testified on behalf of Grocer Industry Group. Uh, The New Jersey Food Council. New Jersey law has changed gradually over time, but we haven't had a major review of our alcohol beverage laws, and now's not the time to make piecemeal changes. Now's the time to take a more holistic look at how our laws are structured. So, New Jersey laws enacted after the end of Prohibition limit the number of available liquor licenses to a town's population. For every 3,000 residents, a municipality can issue a single license. Those rules, long targets of reformers, who argue the strict license limits have slowed economic growth in the state, keep demand for licenses high, and push their prices even higher. It's a commodity if you have a liquor license. So, uh, this from Sal uh, 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 Reislovato the executive director of the New Jersey Gasoline Se- uh, Convenience Store and Automotive Association. We don't want to sell vodka. We don't want to sell bourbon. We don't want to sell tequila. We don't want to sell any of those things. We want the convenience of people driving home from work to stop maybe while they're buying gas and to pick a- to be able to run inside and pick up a six-pack of beer. Now, Pennsylvania allows licensed convenience stores to sell beer and wine, as does New York, but such sales are prohibited in New Jersey. You have to go to a liquor store for that. Um, these license holders have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions in some cases, into this system as it already exists. This from Amanda Stone, Director of Government Affairs for the New Jersey Restaurant and Hospitality Association, which is very powerful. Additionally, many have used their licenses as security when seeking bank financing. Their established presence in the industry must be acknowledged and carefully considered when developing any potential changes in the future. Now, again, I agree with that. These people have paid enormous sums of money to hold on to their licenses or obtain a license, right? Some of them go for millions. So it's a commodity to them, and I get that. So, But I think there is room to be able to balance the law so that some can get liquor licenses at a reduced rate. And those that have the licenses at the high price that they paid for from a business owner or whatever will still retain value. I don't know what that middle ground is. Um, and I've said this before, I'd love to have a roundtable on this subject because I think it's very important, especially in New Jersey, because there are things that can be done that can um, that can help uh, businesses. I think that convenience stores should be able to sell beer. Uh, I don't think it dilutes from the liquor store. If you're going into the liquor store to get tequila or whiskey or wine, you're going to go to a liquor store. I think it should be for beer only, not wine, just beer, Right. Um, I do think that there is room for reform here. And I think we have to bring this stuff into the 21st century. Now, am I hoping that it gets done within this uh, the, the next couple of years? Yes. Do I think it's going to happen now? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be a radical change uh, this year. But I do think that the conversation, as it's presently constituted, is going to gain momentum and keep moving forward. This is a smart thing. Uh, the other The other part of it is, I don't think that the I think delivery should continue to exist for the for the breweries. I don't think it should be for everybody. Cuz I think you run into a situation where you don't know if a guy's 21, he's supposed to be proofed, maybe somebody slips and doesn't I you know there's a lot of red tape in there. I but I do think that the breweries should be allowed to continue uh to deliver beer because it was a big economic source for them and they have much smaller margins and they're not able to do as much as liquor stores or restaurants, et cetera, et cetera. That's just my two cents there. We're going to get back to this subject at some point uh, in the next couple of weeks. It's definitely something for a discussion uh, at a later time where we can open it up for a full show. When we come back after a short break, Ryan Slater, he's the chief operating officer for Team Player Productions, will join me. This is the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. <laughs> Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You know, I remember when I heard that first, that song, Stand Up and Shout, from Dio's first solo album, the Holy Diver album, I remember just being blown away by the guitar work and the drums at the very beginning of that. Carmine Appice on the drums, but then young Vivian Campbell, who Ronnie discovered and uh, brought into the band. And it's it's unbelievable that Dio is dead now. Ronnie James Dio dead 10 years uh, due to stomach cancer. This is just... Uh, I still can't believe that he is gone and not around uh, dealing with heavy metal. And as I've said uh, throughout the show, we're doing a little bit of uh, Dio from each of his stops, um, uh, Rainbow, Black Sabbath, and uh, we did some solo Dio here. We're going to do some uh, Elf a little bit uh, later on in the program my next guest though on the program he is the executive director of team player productions they produce world-class events for lots of breweries and other organizations all over the country going on 25 years now they got a big one that's coming up next month uh in colorado we're going to dive into that in just a moment for more info on all of the events you just go to tppevents.com let me welcome onto the program ryan slater ryan how are you Hey, I'm doing well. Good morning. Good morning. Uh let's dive right into uh the Vale Craft Beer Classic. This is gonna be taking place two sessions Saturday, June eighteenth, noon to two thirty and three thirty to six PM. But the hook for people is to get in on the Friday night extended tasting. Tell the folks what the Friday night extended tasting is
2: all about, Ryan. Yeah, so we're up in beautiful Vale, Friday night kicking it off. Uh we've we've moved to more of a session model for our beer fest out here instead of one giant session, mm-hmm. splitting it up into a few different sessions, a more intimate tasting for both patrons and the brewers. You get a chance to talk with everybody. So Friday night, kicking it off a longer session time for everybody gives you a little more time to enjoy yourself. And then we have kindly asked all the fabulous breweries out here in Colorado to bring something a little special. So uh, from kick off to summer, I'm sure there'll be some sours some some easy crushing, uh, drinkable beers there, but also some special stuff maybe from the winter that they still got lying around. So always something special, always a surprise on what exactly they're gonna bring. But I would recommend coming on down to the Friday session for a little fun. And then of course Saturday, they'll be there still and and plenty of great beer all around for everybody to enjoy.
1: And Ryan, what breweries are going to be at the Vale Beer Classic that you're looking forward to sampling on?
2: So, one of the benefits of being up in Vail is we're kind of centrally located in Colorado. So, we get a lot of the fun front-range breweries, Four Noses is coming up, new terrain will be up there. So, a lot of kind of front-range guys, but then we also have the mountain guys, Bakers Brewery's always been great partners, Broken Compass, kind of in the Vail Valley, Eagle Summit, um, all those guys. But then we also kind of get the other side, the eastern side, that, or excuse me, west side, That doesn't necessarily get as much love and, and a lot of people out here on the front slope don't get to. Ramblebine is a, a one that comes to mind that uh, w- will be able to come up from kind of the Grand Junction area. So it, it's a great centrally located that uh, people in Colorado get to try. A lot of craft breweries that get to come up. We're working with the Brewers Guild here in Colorado to make sure the little guys are represented. That's what this this event's always been about. So bringing in some of the, the smaller guys you don't necessarily get to see at, at all the beer fests, but a, a great representation from all around Colorado here.
1: We're talking with Ryan Slater, the executive director from TPP Events. They're hosting uh, the Vale Craft Beer Classic. It's June eighteenth. There's two sessions. That's a Saturday, noon to two thirty, three thirty to six thirty p.m. of the two sessions. There's also a Friday night event. The tickets are on sale now. TPPevents.com is the website for more information. As we're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer um, is there. Uh, I believe there's something going on here where a portion of the proceeds goes to uh, a charity. What charity would that be,
2: Ryan? It does. We're working with two different charities. We have the Vale Valley Mountain Trails Alliance, which we've been partners with for for years now. They help maintain all the great trails up there in the vale in Vale Valley. Um, awesome guys. They're also all mountain bikers, so they can swing a few kegs. So that that helps me as well. (laughs) And then we're also working with the Brewers Guild of Colorado. They've been great partners. They help bring in um, some of the smaller breweries and some of the proceeds go to helping them and all the great work they do out here to keep The delicious beer flowing for all of us out here in Colorado.
1: Very cool. Now, I know you guys were scheduled to hold another event in Southern Colorado, the Springs Craft Beer Classic in July, but sadly it had to be uh, canceled. Was it uh, due to COVID ticket sales the breweries couldn't commit or or, or something else?
2: You know, a little bit of both. Uh, Coming out of COVID here, we've all had to adjust. Our business models, you know, events took a hard turn for everybody. I always kind of told people that you know, my job is to get as many people together in a small area and get them drunk. So wasn't exactly COVID-friendly with, right. with everything going on. So as we were bringing that back and, and kind of coming out of the, the end of things here, we had produced that event for, for a client for a number of years. That client wasn't around anymore. Mm. We thought we could give it a go. We, the Springs is always such a great market that I feel is underutilized and, right. and needs some love. And so we gave it a shot. Um, a multitude of factors coming in, and, and we decided if we weren't going to put our best foot forward and the product wasn't there from the start, that we didn't want to try and half-ass an event, to be, to be fair. So we, um, we we decided to pull the plug, but I'm sure keeping an eye on that. and We'd love to, to give the kind of southern Colorado a little bit more love here, uh, hopefully next year. Gotcha. Gotcha. We're talking with Ryan
1: Slater. He's the executive director of TPP Events. They're hosting the Vale Craft Beer Classic. It's Saturday, June 18th. There's two sessions, noon to two thirty, three thirty to 6.30 p.m. There's also a Friday night event where they're going to be pouring beers there that you will not get at the main event on Saturday the 18th. The tickets are on sale now. tppevents.com is the website for all of that information here on the algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, and you touched on this, Ryan, and I'm sure that the pandemic has directly affected your organization's abilities uh, to host events over the last two years. Now, I've attended a number of events here on the East Coast uh, over the last year, starting uh, last May, actually, at an event where, where I'm a, a judge for a, a beer, bacon, barbecue thing, and then the Atlantic City Craft Beer Uh, and music festival and i'm noticing that people are starting to come out now uh a a lot more is that what you're seeing or is this this pushback where it's kind of like you know what uh, maybe i'll get together with you know four or five friends but to get together with with a hundred couple hundred people maybe that's not the 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 right thing that i want to do right now what what is it that you're seeing
2: right and and you know it's it's been a journey over these last few years and We're pretty proud to say we actually produced the Valecraft Beer Classic in 2020 and 2021. Um, We worked with the town of Vale and put our heads together that, hey, if we're going to stay in business and I'm going to keep doing what I do, we got to get creative. So we actually retuned our model. Um, We went to the session model. We went to uh, every patron wore a mask and we gave them a tray. And they got samples from all the breweries and then went to their seat, took off their mask and kind of were able to enjoy their flight, if you will. Hmm. So we've been producing events now through all of this in various forms or fashion. And I uh, can't say how thankful I am to the patrons, the breweries, all our partners um, for the support through these crazy years. And and everyone that came out was just so thankful to be able to do something, regardless of Yes, it's not the norm, and and we miss having everything we have, but to be able to do an event and have a little bit of normalcy was great the last few years. And so this year, feeling like we're on the uptick, I think the demand and the excitement for everybody to hopefully be back, knock on wood, on, on a healthy term and yeah. get be able to enjoy themselves just really makes us happy because at the end of the day, it's, all the hard work it comes down to looking at people enjoy themselves whether they're at the festival so,
1: absolutely that's the hope absolutely and right you know it 's interesting that you say that, that that was the model that you used in order to get people back. They got their samples, they brought them to their seat, they took their mask off. Whereas the events that I went to last year, where they held them it, it, you know they were in big outdoor places, it was not inside the the first couple events that I went to, and it, basically it was just kind of everything was socially distanced but you still walked around and interacted with people. I'd not heard of a festival right. doing that where you're you're giving people the samples, you bring them to their seat, when they're done with those samples, they move on to the next one. Uh, that's interesting. I'm surprised that more people didn't come up with that. It seems like such a simple solution that would maybe alleviate some fears, but apparently uh, a lot of people couldn't shift to that.
2: That's interesting. Right. It's you know I told people either I got to find a new career and go stock liquor shelves or something or I got to get creative <laughs> to keep doing what I do. Right. So we we put our heads together a lot and yeah we ended up giving everybody as the you know a, a session model. We capped it at two hundred and fifty whatever the health regulations right. were. Um, a shorter time gave everybody a tray. It was outdoors and then it was pretty much like uh, you go pick your own flight. So all the breweries we gave little sample cups to. And you go around, load up your tray with five, six samples, find your spot that was socially distanced and be able to do that. And through that all, we kind of realized this is a better way to do this. Mm-hmm. I think we've all been to those events where it's kind of a cattle call and right. Hey, you're you're in a line that's twenty deep. I gotta finish this beer, get a sample, not even say hi to the guy at porn or the gal porn and mm-hmm. go get in another line because it's gonna take us twenty minutes. So we reevaluated all of that and i don't go to festivals anymore that is that big and squished so we found the experience for those coming and the breweries and the brewers you know there's a brew fest every week it feels like out here what's going to differentiate that And, and being able to have those smaller sessions that intimate experience where you can kind of hey try this new beer we've done, we'd love to have you come to the tap room, and you're not feeling forced to just pour, hey, he's on to the next, can't talk to you, sorry. Right. So that's how we switch. So all of our models, we do wine festivals, beer festivals, we've switched all of our models to multi-day, multi-session, a little bit longer for the, the, the vendors and, and breweries and wineries, but I think the overall experience, we still see the same amount of people. You just get such a better uh, interaction and and I think that is a positive that came out of all this is just to reevaluate and make sure we're putting out the best events and products we can and I I think we found something special with our model here moving forward.
1: That is pretty cool. My guest has been Ryan Slater, the executive director from TPP Events, the Vale Craft Beer Classic. It's Saturday, June 18th. There's two sessions, noon to 2.30 and 3.30 to 6.30 p.m. There's also a special Friday night tasting that's going on as well. To get tickets, tppevents.com. That's the website. Uh, Ryan, thanks so much for joining me tonight, Uh, and uh, good luck with the Vale Craft Beer Classic. Can't wait to chat with you down the road on some other things you have going on.
2: Can't wait. I sure appreciate it. If you ever want to talk Carmine and Dio, I'm all here for it, too. That sounds great to
1: me. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Up next, Suds and Duds on the algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer that is Elf with Ronnie James Dio. I'm coming back for you from nineteen seventy two. Miss missed that guy. Missed that guy a lot. This is good stuff from from Elf, his first sort of uh, heavy metal rock band uh, that he came out. Um, and then, you know, eventually moved on to uh, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow and then Black Sabbath and then, of course, his own uh, solo work before reuniting with the guys from Black Sabbath and them calling themselves Heaven and Hell. So uh, our final segment of the program, as always, is Suds and Duds. But it was a little bit of a chaotic weekend last weekend. Obviously, I was at the Beer Barbecue Bacon, uh, Bacon Showdown um, in Morristown. So I didn't get to drink a lot of beers that I actually paid attention to attention to. We did a blind tasting of all the beers at this event. So I couldn't really tell you which one was great and which one wasn't, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So a uh, little bit of news. We'll get into the winners of who won beer uh, barbecue bacon and then I'll give you the three beers that I actually had uh last week um before, you know, obviously and during uh the you know the week, the week, weekend, whatever it is. First up, Ross Brewing, uh, they've got a new uh, beer out. Uh, it's called a, it's called Beer 13. It's a blueberry wheat ale. It's done in partnership with Pier 13 in Hoboken and Almost Home General. It's made with blueberries, obviously, uh, as well as a distinctive Belgian ale yeast. Uh, it is fruity, crisp, and funky. It's the perfect summer crusher. Uh, it is, a, again, a 5.1% blueberry wheat ale. They're calling it the go-to summer beer uh, at the pier for you. Uh, so definitely want to check this out. It's got a very cool can art, uh, almost reminiscent of something you would get at the pier um, in terms of like a uh, like a cotton candy and things of that nature. I kind of relate it to Coney Island. That's how I look at it, uh, but I could be wrong. Um, let me do the ju- the um, the results from the beer barbecue bacon showdown. Then there's a little Sam Adam news uh, that I want to get to as well, and then we'll get into the three beers that I had for. Uh, suds and duds. So, the beer, b- uh, barbecue, bacon showdown. Listen, I always have a great time at this event. And thank you, uh, Allison, uh, for inviting me to judge. And it was great to catch up with uh, people that I hadn't seen in a while. So, uh, without further ado, we'll get into the best dish was Rev Tacos uh, tacos that they had. They had uh, a couple of different um, uh, tacos which actually I didn't get to eat. I was so overwhelmed with some of the other food and the beer, I didn't actually get to try it. So, the food experts that were there, Jenna Into Simone and others, they took care of uh chef Chris Chris Massey. They took care of the judging uh on that end, uh along with um uh Chris Weisner. Uh the best brew was Long Eagle Brewing's uh uh Chalet Mexican Lager, uh which I thought was really good. It was uh, there was a lot of lagers there. Um and some breweries didn't enter A lot of beer. Some entered one, some entered two. So that was interesting. Best barbecue, the bearded one barbecue for the brisket grilled cheese. He always knocks it out of the parks. Fantastic sandwich. Best use of bacon. This is pretty simple. Bacon on a stick for bacon on a stick. That's right. That's the name of their food truck, bacon on a stick. That's all they do. It is a big, thick slab of bacon, a little hot honey on it. Fantastic. Simple, yet delicious. The best brew, Montclair Brewery uh, for fragile like a bomb, lavender ale, which was um, very, uh, it was an interesting beer that we gave it as as the best brew. Now, the most unusual, and this just as easily could have been uh, the most unusual beer, too, but it wasn't. The most unusual beer was Seven Tribesmen for their hot paprika. The habanero, the, the, the paprika, it just, it hit you and it backed off. And that's what I like about a good heat beer. Give me the heat up front and then slowly fade away. If it's oppressive, then I've got big problems with it. So... Uh, Great time, as always, judging. We'll be back again next year. Uh, Cannot wait. Uh, It is a a phenomenal event. By the way, Pints in the Park was supposed to be this weekend. Uh, That got moved to the end of July, July 31st. There were some issues, so they had to move it to July 31st. If you can't make the date, refunds at your place of purchase. If you did purchase through Groupon, you have to go through Groupon to get a refund there. But Pints in the Park was supposed to be this past Saturday. Unfortunately, it got moved uh, to the end of July, July 31st if I am not mistaken. And then uh, the other bit of uh, n- uh, news notes, Samuel Adams celebrated 25 years of brewing in Cincinnati. They had a, a big coworker tributes, community collaboration, and a taproom celebration. So this was back in 1997 that the Boston Beer Company put down roots in Cincinnati. They bought the historic uh, Huda Paul Scholling, uh Brewery on Central Parkway. They renamed it the Sam Adams Cincinnati Brewery. Uh, it is the city's largest and oldest operating brewery, celebrating 25 years of brewing in the Queen City. Uh, to mark the occasion, the co-workers celebrated throughout this past week special events and memorabilia. The 25th anniversary celebration culminated on Friday, May 13th, which was known as a 513 day. They had appearances... Uh, from Jim Cook, who was a Cincinnati native. They had a proclamation from Cincinnati's mayor. They had the launch of a Sam Adams Cincinnati taproom exclusive brew uh, called Queen City Crown. So they had a, a whole big thing. It was a 5.5% ABV beer, Queen City Crown, a light refreshing cream ale brewed with local honey aged on fresh peach puree. Uh, and they had all kinds of different events. So they had a. Um, They had a big event there, 25 years of brewing. Uh, Guests got to enter a raffle to win an exclusive behind-the-scenes brewery tour with Jim Cook. uh, That uh, He took them around later that evening. So really some really cool events that happened at the Sam Adams Cincinnati Tap Room. Um, uh, You know, the 25 years being open. They used to have a tap room in Philadelphia uh, that served food as well as brewed. I think there was like a special one-off beer that was in Philly. Uh, visited there a long time ago, God it had to be got to be twenty years ago that I was there more than twenty years ago got to be almost twenty five years ago that I was there uh, but i don 't think that that is uh, i, I don 't think they 're open anymore, but kudos to Sam adams you know twenty five years of brewing in Cincinnati, and people go well, why were they brewing in Cincinnati? Well, that was part of the distribution to get the beer out further west, so that 's why they opened up a Cincinnati tap room. Uh, let me dive into uh, a couple of beers here that I had. Uh, over the past week that I actually recorded on Untapped, you can follow me there uh, at Gatulo G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Had a Ramstein uh, blonde hefeweizen by uh, High Point Brewing or Ramstein; they're known by the both names. Uh, this was over at Cowan's Public, solid, easy drink and half. It had been a long time since that I've been at Cowan's Public, uh, you know, since before the pandemic, and um, I like what they've done to change the menu up a little bit. It's mostly just sandwiches, little pick finger foods, things of that nature, um, tacos are on the menu, burgers, but um, n- nothing really expansive, which is great. The bartenders there make phenomenal drinks. I had that beer, and then I ended up having some cocktails, because what they make there is excellent. The bartenders are such experts at doing it, um, but a great, easy drink and half uh, from Ramstein, delicious beer. Uh, my friends Kim and Colleen from uh, Wet Ticket. Uh, They had given me a bunch of beers, and thank you, ladies. Appreciate that. Um, Brand new day, a kai bowl uh, from Crooked Hammock Brewery. You know, we've interviewed these guys from Crooked Hammock and have not had any of their beers. I have to tell you, this was a decent sour. I didn't really get any banana out of this. I definitely got the blueberry and the strawberry. A nice, easy-drinking um, a beer called Brand New Day This is the Akai Bowl I got something else from them as well uh, We'll hopefully be drinking it over the next several weeks And I will review it uh, when I can And then finally Source Brewing The Weiss beer that they put out last week Nicely done Perfect spring, summer beer Banana, cloves, some sweetness Delicious Got a chance to try some of their other beers Their lager, their All-American lager That came out this past weekend Fantastic beer Pick it up if you haven't This is an old school you know, Easy drinking, summer crusher And what they have coming out next week, their table beer. I have to tell you, I had it. It is absolutely delicious. It's banging. I think it's under 4%. Phenomenal beer. Had a great chat with Phil uh, from Source. We're going to try and get them back on the program again. Um, They always do such a great job at Source. Uh, You know, right off of Route 34 in beautiful Colts Neck, New Jersey. You can't beat it. Get your beers directly from the Source. Um, I cannot wait to spend a summer day there because it's going to be uh, a really good time. might end up being there this Friday. My kid doesn't have school. I get out of work. Quick nap. Maybe I'll shoot down there in the uh, uh, middle the afternoon, catch afternoon. Soak some rays up before uh, the Memorial Day weekend rush. Definitely something to look forward to. And, of course, portions of this program brought to you by Paragon Tap and Table. 135 off the Parkway in beautiful Clark, New Jersey, 77 Central Avenue. Beer dinner coming up with Twinella from Brewing Thursday, June 16th, 6 p.m. Get your tickets. Uh, give uh, Paragon a call. Just h- hit their website, paragonnj.com. You can find out all the info there and uh, you know, get your tickets because it's going to sell out and it's going to be a great time with Twin from Brewing. My thanks to everybody involved in the show as well as my guest, uh, Ryan Slater, the Chief Operating Officer from Team Player Productions, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back live on the Joe Piscopo Show Monday at 6 a.m. This has been the Al Cattullo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>